the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420, The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. Appreciate you dialing in today. And, uh, you know, we had kind of a wild week, <laughs> uh, to say the least. And, and look, I, I think what's uh, important is, is uh, what occurred. Not really what, you know, the news is out there, but what occurred, very important. So let's first talk about uh, the webpage. So if you'd like to talk to me or have lunch or have breakfast or whatever, go to WHK1420's webpage and go to local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show and then, then go across to uh, the Smart Investor and you go right to my webpage from there. So uh, if, if you'd like, uh, that would be a great thing. Also, you know, we have a lot of good information, uh, especially on my webpage. If you go to the Insight tab, uh, we're constantly changing our research and they name names in there. OK, so they give you good ideas. Uh, plus, on the bulletin board on the front page, we have Rob Schleimer, who is one of the best technicians on the planet. His trend and cycle, it's a weekly update, so it's worth re- worth reading. Uh, you know, I have a group of ladies who uh, have a, a, a um, stock club who read the, my webpage religiously, which is great. You know, I, I love it. So uh, also, we have our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list. Uh, which are, this is a great time to be looking at those because the dividend is going to be important. Uh, money managers for young professionals. I uh, just sent this out to two, uh, a family that's a bunch of lawyers, and they, they like what they see so far. Women and Wealth, a planning workbook, and also the Savvy Investors Credit Work and Workbook, which, you know, look, interest rates aren't going to stay this low forever. And then also our uh, – our business opportunity uh, guide, we call it business, business owners business owners guide. It's a transition to planning for the sale of your company if you want to. Uh, believe me, uh, private equity is trying to steal your business, and we'll just leave it at that. So, uh, look, obviously, you know the hot topic this week is Russia invades Ukraine. Okay, and I said last week and the week before that in the last five geopolitical scenarios. The day of the invasion was the bottom, okay? So uh, we're not absolutely sure, but the S&P 500 and NASDAQ were up on Thursday. Uh, I do think there's going to be a rally of some sort. Well, it's, I think it'll be the quality of that rally that'll be important, okay? But, you know, three things, big things to know. U.S. public companies haven't been talking much about geopolitics or Russia recently. I thought it was interesting. The level of... Uh, conversation is starting to pick up a little bit. We'll see. Now, we did put a bunch of, uh, you know, pretty strong economic sanctions on them. So they take time. We'll see what happens. But look, if you look at the earnings transcript in the in the fourth quarter, one thing that jumped out to us was how little companies have been talking about geopolitics and the, and the potential for Russia to invade Ukraine. Uh, and, you know, the, the, some people are now talking about China and Taiwan, because China's keeping their mouth shut, but we'll see. But with the help of, uh, you know, we looked at Bloomberg's uh, transcript transcript analyzing tool, and uh, we looked at the data and uh, some fascinating charts that, uh, you know, the geopolitics never came into play. And and so that might be interesting. Now, you know, we see, uh, our analysts see the most risk uh, from a slowing growth and recession in Europe and higher energy prices. Now, you may recall back when Saddam Hussein came into Iran, uh, I mean, into uh, Kuwait, that was the top in energy prices for about four or five years. All right. So it'll be interesting. You know, we hit $100 Thursday and we backed off. I think we finished at 93.50. So it'll be interesting to see if, if 
that is indeed the, the you know the top in, in the in the uh, the numbers. Uh, but you know, if they start to talk more about geopolitics, that may be good because you know fear and uncertainty had been building short term, you know, big and so. The best case for equities, I think, in 2020 is still is intact because of fear. All right, look, the biggies weighing on the market right now are inflation soaring, Fed's behind the curve, interest rates rising, especially in the short area, the Fed hike, fear of uh, regime change, and fear of policy error, okay? And also, uh, you know, the, the Russian-Ukraine thing. And, you know, the White House approval ratings are pretty low at this point, so... Uh, you know, you get a little extra credit for stocks are very expensive. The you know the bull market is historic, and uh, it's not even close to you know uh, some of the other big bull markets in history. The the, the secular bull markets average a twenty three hundred percent return, and we're not even near that. So uh, it'll be interesting. So uh, you know, I've been saying that we've been closer. You know, we had to hold uh, a certain level, and I said it might undercut that last week, just to make sure I couldn't sleep at night. Well, they did, of course, just to make me, uh, you know, crazy uh, and everybody else crazy. I think you're going to find that we find some footing coming up here. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, the, the Dow had some stocks in it that were uh, had been held up for a pretty long time. And that was pretty much the only index that was down for the, the day on Thursday. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I thought it was interesting that, you know, Boris Johnson announced uh, that he, he's not only hitting Russia with sanctions, but he he talked about the end of COVID restrictions in England. That's another you know fear that's getting slowly but surely wiped off the map. And if it does, you know if we don't have another you know a variant, uh, you know we have a problem. Now, forty two twenty two was the bottom in January. It was a high volume bottom too, by the way. And we came down and we touched below that. Uh, actually, we we gapped below that. On, on Thursday, and then we rallied up to be positive for the day. Wow, what a what an interesting thought process, right? So, uh, you know, I think what we have to be looking at is, uh, uh, you know, where do we go from here? And, you know, you know, like I said, the in the last five major conflicts, the invasion has been the bottom. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, no, no one's for sure what's you know. Uh, you know, going on. But remember, you know, we talked about could the inflationary pressures already be apexing? Would mean that, you know, the Fed needs to do less, maybe. Okay. Because look, almost 50% of the consumer price index is based on used uh, used cars and new cars. Another 15 to 20 is based on oil and natural gas. So uh, if oil I mean, you know, we basically funded, uh, you know, by letting oil go up as high as we did and cutting off the pipelines, we basically funded the ability for Russia to go from a deficit country to a positive country. And, uh, you know, maybe somebody will figure that out sometime in the near future. But look, I I just think you you have to be, you know, looking at history. And, uh, you know, if you if you take a look at history and you you make sure that, you know, you're paying attention you've got to know that this is what normally occurs. The fear, the buildup is there before uh, everything else happens, okay? So anyway, you know, uh, Funstrat uh, has a guy named Tom Block, and, and he, you know, he basically called this last week, and he said that Ukraine would dominate news cycles in the coming days. Uh, you know, Congress was not in D.C. at that point, but ready to approve sanctions. The main sanction uh, you know, as a blocking order on Russian assets, which uh, can be done by a presidential executive order. Uh, Congress extends uh, current budget talks, you know, uh, which I thought was interesting. And March opens with uh, Powell testimony on monetary policy. So that could be uh, things could get real interesting then. But remember what we talked about, uh, you know, we talked about the VIX. Now, the VIX, all but eight days, has been above 20 since the end of November. That's a long time for the fear to be that high. It's a long time. And we got to, we got to 39, uh, 81, which is a very high number. And then we came back, but we stayed, you know, we only had, uh, we, we had most of the days were above 24, 25. Okay, so 
Fear has been rampant now for three months. And, you know, I said back in, uh, a year ago that I thought the correction would start at the end of February. Well, indeed, it did. Underneath the surface, there's a lot of stocks that get beat up. I mean, you know, I was just looking at uh, 28% of the NASDAQ composite are down over 60%. Not 60%, over 60%. All right? That's over 1,000 stocks. All right, the New York Stock Exchange has had almost 70% of the stocks down 30% or more. So we've been, I mean, we've been getting beat up for a year now, and it's been tough. Uh, whenever you have the volatility that high, usually the next 12 months uh, is a positive scenario. I think one time we had a, a real bad negative uh, scenario, and, you know, you never know, okay? But uh, in, in 80% of the cases, we do have a positive scenario going forward. So just remember that. Um, all right. Uh, so the Dow Jones broke through 3,300, which uh, was not what we were planning on. Okay. And, uh, you know, we talked about the fact that, uh, uh, you know, it might, it might undercut. And it did, just to make sure I can't sleep. Uh, some people were talking about a head and shoulders. Well, the shoulder line was not even. So I, I didn't agree with that. Uh, the second most of the second, you know, we made kind of a double bottom after January, and the second bottom was on lighter volume up until Ukraine, you know, came around. And, uh, you know, that's that's a, that's a normal double bottom, just so everybody knows. So, uh, you know, I, I like I said, I think, you know, we have to be a lot more careful, and we have to take a look at the next rally to see how we do on the next rally, because that's going to be one of the most important things. If it's a rally that uh, isn't so great, uh, I think you've got to pay attention. Now, what I think will probably happen, this is Tim Hayes thinking out loud now, this is not RBC, but this is Tim Hayes thinking out loud, is that it'll be the stocks that are down the most that'll rally for the next couple of months, and then the stocks with the highest relative strength will take over. All right. So they'll they'll back up a little bit, let these guys rally a little bit. So that'll be the trade and the investment will be the stocks with the high relative strength. Uh, my humble opinion. So it's it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you, you got to pay closer attention, I think, in the next couple of weeks as to what's going on. Uh, look, we retested 13,000 on the Nasdaq, and I think it's very, very important uh, that you understand that. And we broke through it. And then we rally back above it the same day. That is what they call an undercut. That's what we call an undercut. So it's one of those things that you have to pay uh, closer attention to. And and look, um, one of the things that everybody's talking about is housing and how expensive it's getting. Yet the stocks look terrible. All right. Uh, the Philadelphia Housing Index, which tracks the list of 10, uh, well, it's 19, I guess, uh, national home building and housing retail related stocks. Looks like it's in the early stages of completing a cycle top, a double top to be exact. So uh, you you know you got to think about that too. And and you know I looked at the global miners index and, and they they tried to break out and they didn't. You know gold was up big on Thursday and then finished down for the day. Uh, so I I said I thought that uh, you know gold stocks were were a good idea, but you had to wait, let them pull back last week. And I think that's still the case. Hey, let's take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Smart Investor Show. Stay tuned. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show, and I'm Tim Hayes. And look, I, I, there's, there's several things that I, I think is really kind of interesting. Uh, and I'm going to talk more technical analysis now because that's what everybody looks for uh, in a down market. And look, one of the things that happens at the bottom is uh, when I do my charts in the morning, you know, last Thursday I had 17 stocks in my margin. 17 stocks, that's it. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that's believe me, sometimes I have like, you know, 300 names, so 300 symbols that I they jot down. Okay, so uh, that's usually a sign that we're getting close to a bottom. But look, um, Tuesday's really strong show, showing in the morning. You know, and we rebounded off the lows after Monday's evening down is is good. Uh, equities look to be 
closing in on the initial lows of this decline, okay? So I say that simply because of the fact that, uh, well, just I've got some technical things I'm looking at, but so it's very important going forward that you review your portfolio. If you want me to do it for you, I'd be glad to. Uh, if you want to have coffee, let me know. But the point is, uh, by the way, if you want to do that, uh, go to WHK's webpage, go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, and it goes through, you know, it goes to my podcasting list. Plus, it goes it goes directly to my webpage, right? It has contact me, email me, it's on there. But look, I think it's very important that you look at your portfolio in the in the coming days because if we do have this rally, I think it's going to be a pretty big one. Uh, you know, maybe a thousand points, something like that. And the quality of that rally is really going to be tell us if we're at the low or not. Okay, so it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be important. So look, I think if you look, uh, the breadth has improved. Uh, you know, the counter trend, you know, some of the indicators are suggesting exhaustion, you know, which suggests a low should be near. And it might have happened Thursday. I don't know. High yield spreads don't, you know, don't look to have widened uh, much at all. Uh, so that's good too. And then, uh, you know, the cycle's composite strength uh, going into an FOC meeting would be a very big positive, and it's starting to happen. So that's good. And there's no real, you know, strength in havens now, except for maybe the dollar on Thursday. The dollar came up big, but you know, not the the dollar, the Swiss franc, or, or even, uh, you know, uh, things like that, you know, so it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, look, um, the CPI report was, was pretty high. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of people talking about the death cross. Now, the death cross is when the 50-day moving average goes over the 200-day moving average. And just so you know, it's like 77% of the time, the market's up after that. Now, there are occasions, okay, that occurred in 2000. In November of 2000, and, and the bottom fell out, you know, right after that. It occurred in, in 2008 or 2007, actually, in December. That's when I started saying, I think cash will outperform the stock market, right? And and it happened in uh, 2010, right before the flash crash, and happened right before uh, the Treasury bonds were downgraded, okay? So it's something to think about anyway. So, but it's it's not a dependable you know, look out below type of thing, but just keep in the back of your mind because, like I said, it's important that uh, you know how this rally goes if and if it goes. All right, from here, so we'll find out uh, going forward. I'm pretty sure, uh, and you know, but 77 percent of the time, nothing nothing happens to the downside. But you know, many sectors like the consumer discretionary, industrials, materials, and healthcare have all begun constructive bounces, which I think is important. I think, you know, healthcare could be, you know, healthcare's got a problem in that nobody's coming into the hospital. Nobody wants to go into the hospital because of the, the, the Omicron virus. So if that goes away, they have probably the biggest upside, I think, of anything, uh, you know, which would be really interesting, I think. Uh, and healthcare has been down and out for a while. This, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, uh, it, it closed above its 222 peak, which was, you know, that was a positive. So, you know, we're seeing some things that are good is what I'm trying to tell you in so many words. Uh, and, and that's something that, uh, you know, you have to pay attention to. Now, look, if you're investing for the next 10 years, it might be a really good time to get, you know, more invested. OK, so, uh, you know. I'm not saying that you have to buy everything, you know, and I don't suggest that you should, but you you start to bite away, okay? Uh, I've got a list of dividend stocks, dividend growth, and pro and what we call the prime income list for you guys that want income right now. And, you know, just pick away at it. You know, if you're a 200 share buyer, buy 100 shares. Or, you know, if it's a $200 stock, don't buy 100 shares, buy 50. You know what I mean? Uh, just start to edge your way in, all right? That's what you do in down markets, especially if you're buying yield. So the dividend growth portfolio and the prime income list is yield. The yield is up now that the stocks are down. That's when you buy yield. All right. That's the, it just makes sense. It's a smart thing to do. Okay. So uh, if you're, you know, as we come out of COVID, 
I think there'll be great deals in the healthcare and a lot of the pharmaceutical companies and a lot of the healthcare companies have good dividends. You know, they're, they're, they look like they're bad dividends they're one and a half, two percent, but they grow every year. Okay. And if we come out of it, they could be the big winners. Some industrials got beat up. I mean, there's a couple in our dividend growth portfolio that I think are great ideas right now. <laughs> I mean, phenomenal ideas. I just watched them, you know, uh, Thursday and Friday. So it, you got to be thinking 10 years out. Uh, now, if if you're, you know, uh, 90 or something like that, then you want to buy dividends that have dividends now. Okay, that's the prime income list. So, look, right now, inventories are are too low and almost, you know, in, in it doesn't matter if you're retail, industrials, whatever. They're too low. So we're going to be building those up if there's demand. Now, if the demand goes away, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen right at the moment because it's been away for a long time. You know, you could see some of these industrials do better. You could see the people, you know, uh, you know, I, I mean, look, inventories grew 1% last month. That's a huge move. It's a huge move in inventories. So, but the inventories have been down for two years. So that could be a, another place to be thinking about spending, you know, because capital spending is surging. Look, Intel is getting smart. They don't want to be, uh, you know, at the at the whims of the Chinese or the, you know, if, if, if they invade Taiwan, they want the, the plants here. Very smart, you know, and, and people are, aren't thinking that way, but uh, you know, Intel is. They're, they're thinking 10, 15 years out. So. Now, look, the Fed could spoil the party. I, I, I'd be surprised if, if they go whole hog, uh, like um, a few of their members have mentioned. You know, they're talking about, you know, two full percentage point increases over the next uh, quarter. I don't think that's going to happen, okay? You know, right now, the two-year yield, yield curve was at 1.45 as of last Wednesday or Tuesday, I guess it was. It was 0.25 a year ago, right? The 10-year was only a 2. The 30-year was only at a 2.3, 2.4. That's a flattening of the yield curve. The 5-year is at, at almost 1.5, 1.6. So flattening yield curves usually indicate a slowing of the economy, not a, uh, you know, what, what uh, the Fed's, you know, so uh, hyped up about. So we'll see what's going on. But uh, – uh, I do believe, you know, you'll start to see some stuff that uh, uh, gets more interesting going forward. Uh, now, I, I look, I want to emphasize, I still think we're in a secular bull market. Now, the NASDAQ uh, is, you know, it got whacked, okay? Uh, but the, the NASDAQ had went off a lot, okay? So it had a 20% decline uh, at, the, at the low on, on Thursday, but rallied back up, all right? So the bear market came into existence. You have bear markets and bull markets, but in a structural bull market, they're very fast. They take you know two to three months, maybe three to four, and and then we move on, right? In bear markets, the the bull markets last three or four months and then they're gone. All right, so that's what you got to remember. So look, these things normally last sixteen to seventeen years. Sure, they're scary moments. Back in nineteen eighty-seven, I'll never forget. Uh, the you know the Friday before the the crash, my wife told me she was pregnant. I thought the world was going to end. And you know the Monday we were down 500, we were down 100 Friday, which was the most we've been down before. And and then we were down five 504 on uh, Monday. So uh, the world, you know, the sun still shines and everything happens. But we went on to higher highs in, in one of the greatest bull markets in history. All right, so you got to think at the long view. Now we do have this four month. Uh, I mean, this four-year cycle, and, and that is what we're, we're going through right now. You know, in that four-year cycle, you usually have one major down period, then a rally, then, you know, then a couple whoops, and then you get set up for the next four-year cycle, okay? Uh, but just remember, the average return from the beginning of a bull to the end is 2,300%. That's the last two major bull markets. So if we went to 2000, we'd be at 13,500 to 14,000 on the S&P 500. Be pretty close to $100,000 Dow. All right? So, you know, think you got to think long term, you got to pay attention to the long term. It's important. Uh and and 
people don't and you know they they get too crazy about the short term now look one of the things is the monthly momentum on the S&P 500 and I've been talking about this for some time now is extremely overbought that's the monthly momentum uh, the problem is, uh, and you, you combine that with we're at the top end of the trend line, which, you know, trend line is you, you draw the higher highs and the higher lows, and that's your trend. So we're at the higher end, all right? So, you know, the possibility of, of us pulling back is, is there. Uh, sometimes you just go sideways with a couple whoopses in the meantime. But you, you got to remember uh, how things are going. Now, I, I still think you still want to be in stocks versus bonds. Uh, although if I was looking for CDs, I would be looking at short-term CDs right now. With the two-year going up as much as it did, now's the time to buy. All right, for those CD. By the way, I have a great CD list if you'd like to see it, uh, and we'll take it from there. Hey, let's take a break. This is Smart Investor Show. We'll be right back with the bullish percent and all that great stuff. Uh, stay tuned. Thanks. Must be some kind of way out of here. Said a joker to the thief. And if the elevator tries to break you down, go crazy. Punch a higher We're back, folks. And uh, you know, now we talk about the bullish percent. And the bullish percent's been kind of wild this year. And uh, I think that it's important that uh, we, we continue to follow it because uh, it has been a very dependable. Uh, indicator for a long time. And basically what it does is it shows you how many stocks uh, are in a positive trend versus a negative trend. And what you find is once you get into a big negative trend, things go down faster than they go up. So uh, look, we've had some stuff go on this week. And and the problem with the the bullish percent is normally, uh, you know, it takes months for things to change. Okay. Uh, And unfortunately, uh, what we have here is a scenario where we've had 17, now 18 moves in in uh, 14 months. And uh, <laughs> trust me, I've been doing this for a long time, and I've never seen it move this much, okay? Now, uh, <clears throat> this is a chart that goes from 0 to 100. And uh, when it gets over 70, that's the red zone. That's when everything's hot. When it gets below 40, uh, 30, I'm sorry, that's the green zone. That's when nobody opens their 401k, uh, you know, statement uh nobody calls the broker etc and uh what we do is we have a column of x's means we're in we have the offensive team on the field and the column of o's we bring on the defensive team now the column of o's uh is a scenario where you got to remember things happen pretty fast on the downside now the other thing we look at is what is the relative strength of equities versus the other asset classes and right now commodities are the top asset class i don't know if that's going to stay or not and domestic equities are number two, so we're still we're still okay, I think. But the you know we did fall into a column of O's again this week. Uh, we were, we were down at one time we were down you know to 36, so we we're very getting very close. Our second move down, so that puts us in. But it still says we're in what we call bear confirmed status. Okay, so we're in a column of O's, so you want to worry about that a little bit. The the over the counter index also was in O's, and uh, you know is now at 28. Uh, and, you know, it's below 30. So what we should be looking for is that to reverse up, which would be a big positive, I think. All right. Uh, now, um, <laughs> look, there's some other things we got to take a look at. And, and that's, you know, that's something that we, we should be talking about right now. And uh, number one, uh, you know, we talked about commodities last week, bringing the number two asset class. And wheat went right through the roof because of the Russian invasion. Uh, corn. Uh, picked up a little bit, uh, you know, so I, I, I think you'll see, uh, it'll be interesting to see like palladium, you know, Russia exports about 90% of that, uh, copper, they export quite a bit aluminum, they export like 90% of that. So it'll be interesting to see if those guys hold up or they, you know, sometimes the day, you know, like we said earlier, the day of the invasion is the day when things peak, like oil peaked in every Middle Eastern conflict. Oil peaked the day uh, of of the invasion uh, of the, the when the fighting started. So we'll we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, we don't know, you know, uh, no, nobody knows it for sure. But 
I noticed that oil hit $100 Thursday and finished at like 93, 94. So the world index is still in a column is, is in a column of X's. That's probably uh, the only one that's still, but it's very. I mean, it was like a 0.3% away from uh, breaking down. So we'll see if it holds. You know, if I look at the S&P 500, you know, it, it broke a double bottom at 4350, uh, and it broke the uptrend line on a uh, uh, point and figure chart. Now, the question is, uh, you know, like I said, it, it rallied back above that uh, on Thursday, so we'll see. And uh, it might what it might mean is that the next couple of weeks are kind of sloppy. All right. Now. Uh, if you look at dynamic dynamic asset level investing, which our friends our friends at Dorsey Wright provide us with, by the way, the uh, the bullish percent, et cetera, uh, and what they did was they look at the, the dynamic asset level investing, and what it is is just look at relative strength investing. Okay, what is the best place to be? You know, where's where's everybody you know putting their votes? Okay, and uh, you know, Europe, developed Europe, has been number one internationally, but uh, this is interesting because Africa and the Middle East came number two. And I don't think that's happened. Uh, I think that's the first time since October of like 2008 that they've been number two. So uh, that's something to definitely think about. Uh, I got a couple of, of ETFs that I looked at that I thought were really interesting. But, uh, you know, energy, financials, and basic materials are number one, two, and three in the, in the dynamic asset level uh, investor uh, rankings. Technology dropped to number four and industrials are number five again. What I think is interesting is healthcare is at the bottom. And you know, like I said before, healthcare, there's a lot of really good dividends there. So if you're bottom if you're a bottom fisher, that might be a place to go. Uh, you know, healthcare probably is the biggest winner, even over cruise lines and everything else, if we get out of this pandemic, because a lot of people have been putting on off a lot of surgeries. I mean, look, I got a bad knee and I, I've been putting off uh, having a knee replacement for two years now. And uh, my knee's been swollen that t- all that time. So it's not because I want to. I just don't want to go in the hospital. <laughs> it's that simple. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people pushing off things unless they can't handle the pain. All right. And or there's something, you know, it's a lookout below. So, I, you know, basic materials are improving. Energy is looking great. Although, like I said, you know. Sometimes we peak the day of the invasion, all right? By the way, I, I, there's a couple of reports that I think are really good. I, you know, I talked about these a while back, and they are our global energy and power and infrastructure. I think that's going to be important. I also think the U.S. electrical grid is going to be important. Uh, those are going to be types of energy that people are going to pay, uh, pay up for, I think, uh, you know, going forward. And uh, most people think I'm crazy, but uh, I think... Uh, those areas will be good too. So um, anyway, the, the, the point is, is that, uh, you know, we're seeing some, some things that we haven't seen in a while. Like I said, agriculture is picking up. Remember the commodity research bureau index. If you ever had a conversation with me in the past, I showed you the, the chart. It was down from top to bottom, almost 80%. So we're in a deflationary scenario. So inflation, a little inflation is good. A lot of it's not so good. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know what happens there, it, and I, I do think the the, uh, the one of the important things here is uh, when you look at this is uh, that the, the dollar started to fade and then rally big, and and the Russian ruble just got smashed. I mean, it's at the lowest point it's ever been. So it, it'll be interesting to see if they can recover from that. Uh, you know, and I, I think it, it's important, uh, you know, because that, that could hurt them very badly. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. You know, it's funny because the higher oil prices actually help them go from deficit spending to a positive cash flow so they can weather the storm a little bit longer. Now, foreign equities have seen volatility pick up big time over the past several weeks uh, because of the, uh, you know, the the tensions in the Ukraine. Uh, and it's interesting to see that, you know, how fast they've gone from being really positive to fairly negative in a, in a, in a hurry. So we'll see what happens going forward here, obviously. Uh, but I, I don't have that many green te- uh, green situations anymore. And most of them are like Israel, India, uh, Colombia, Greece, Norway, you know, those type of things. So 
it'll be interesting to see uh, if these continue. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people are worried about Taiwan, and that's one of the names that look, shows uh, uh, up green. Now, what's very interesting, I think, is that the 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 ten year Treasury index, uh, you know, uh, fell to a sell signal last week. It broke a double bottom at one point two nine. Now we're talking about the yield, okay? Uh, and then the inverse burst up on Wednesday, up to two percent. So uh, very quickly, it you know turned from bad uh, good to bad. So further on the yield cart, the two-year Treasury also declined, reversing into a column of O's again. Uh, however, the index erased the decline just as fast on Wednesday. So, you know, that's something that's, you know, I'm not sure of. But, uh, you know, if, if interest rates start to come down, I think, uh, uh, you know, the banks got hit really hard on Thursday. So we'll see what happens. They also, you know, they're cutting them off to the Russian money, and that, that could be a problem, too. But uh, the 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 10-year SIVA spread, which is the measure between the U.S. Treasury and high-yield corporates, has moved up from 3.3% earlier this month to 3.8, and now sits at its highest level since 2020. Now, you know that is a that is a you know a situation where what you're doing is you're looking at a government bond versus a high-yield bond, and it's 330 is a you know with interest rates where they are, it's a pretty high number. All right. So that's something you got to pay very close attention to. Now, look, on the commodity side, oil's been positive for nine weeks. Uh, the commodity indexes, which are about 45% oil, have been positive for nine weeks. Copper's been negative for a week. Corn went crazy on th- Thursday. So didn't, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Monday through Thursday. So didn't wheat. Uh, and But gold's been positive for three weeks. Now, gold was up Thursday and fell down. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, fixed incomes uh, has it, been interesting because, you know, uh, in real yields, U.S. dollar terms, they have edged higher. But it, the U.S. dollar is currently going on a 12 months of positive momentum. That's probably one of the longest period of times I can remember. And since 1975, this has only happened like twice. I think it was September of 1981 and then July of, of uh, 2012. So, you know, it's something that... Uh, you know, what we should be, if we start to see some weakness in the dollar, that's very positive for gold, especially. Uh, you know, so if, if you look, uh, the do- if the dollar were to break 95, let's say 95.2, that would be the uptrend line. And I would, I think you'd see gold spike pretty drastically at that point. Uh, and, it, you know, if you look at, at real yields, the dollar relationship with real yields is uh, a very, you know, popular highlight section of uh, a lot of research reports and uh, they have a long kind of long-standing parallel relationship you know and uh, one rises or falls the other typically follows suit and you know right now uh, if you look uh, the real yields have pulled up but they look like they're starting to fall down so we'll see Uh, you know that's something to pay very close attention to Uh, in the meantime uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about insiders because th- that was a very interesting, a uh, couple of very interesting scenarios happened last week to the downside with insiders. So let, let's talk about that. And uh, uh, also we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be looking at uh, some of our ideas on a weekly basis. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Uh, just tuned in. This is Smart Investor Show and Tim Hayes. Once again, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee with me, you know, talk about your portfolio. I think it's important that you review your portfolio over the next four to five weeks uh, in a big way. Uh, or you'd like any of the information we talked about, dividend stocks, you know, dividend growth, prime income. Boy, it's a perfect time to buy those. When yield's up, you should be buying the yield. Also, you know, for you guys that like the two to five-year CDs, the yields are up. And I think it's a pretty good time to be buying them simply because uh, I don't see – you know, as much growth going forward as as the Federal Reserve does. And they have more information than me, but we'll see. So, you know, we always talk about insiders and, and 
you know, insiders know their companies better than we do. Uh, and, and it was really interesting this week. We had two major insider buys last week, only to have the stocks just get killed this week. All right. Uh, the first one was was Kodiak uh, uh, Biosciences. Uh, they uh, well, Kodiak Sciences, I guess it's called. Uh, the Baker brothers went out and bought $21 million worth of stock. Now, Julian Baker is one smart guy when it comes to biotechnology and healthcare. And uh, that surprised me because the stock down went down 40 bucks. And what was really interesting is one of the major brokerage firms recommended the stock on Thursday to a strong buy. Went from a hold to a strong buy. So they got wiped out. All right. Uh, it, it, it's, I don't know, I, I haven't seen that in a long time where you've seen a guy buy right in or, or somebody as smart as the Baker Brothers buy into a bad uh, report. Basically, the problem was, that, you know, they have a product for uh, macular degeneration and the phase two trials were phenomenal. The phase three trials, didn't they didn't show statistic relevance, which uh, they may have done something wrong. That's what it came down. That's what I thought, you know. And then uh, our our buddy Dustin Muscovitz, who's been buying Asana uh, with both hands, you know, he, it's it's one of the largest insider purchases over the last nine months in the history of Wall Street. I mean, he's bought a billion one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, a billion one hundred and twenty five million dollars worth of stock. And on, I think it was uh, Wednesday, Monday dot com, which is you know, not the same company. They, you know, they, they got some fringe business where they compete, but uh, they reported a poor quarter and they killed the stock. You know, they got it, they had it down 10 bucks. I haven't seen him buy any more this week. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he does next week. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's down now on all, but the first, you know, he, he bought like, uh, he went from 4% to 7% ownership in the forties. So it, it was down like 12 bucks. And, you know, it was, it was death by association is what it came down to. So a couple interesting scenarios there. Now, uh, Dun & Bradstreet, we talked about, uh, you know, there's a group called Canaan, Cana Holdings who bought uh, like 433,000 shares last week. Well, they bought some more. And uh, I think that's, you know, fairly positive. Now, uh, I don't know if this is another amp, Amplitude, which is a, a software company. Uh, I, Patrick Grady, who's a director, he knows software pretty well, uh, stepped up to the plate on the last week and bought uh, 34 million, 34, well, let's call it $35 million with the stock. Uh, the stock had just got pummeled. You know, it, it had been a $70 stock. It's now a $22 stock. And he bought it at 19 at the low, the day of the low. So now the Baker Brothers, <laughs> I don't know if you want to be buying any of their stocks or, uh, or not, but they did buy uh, $20 million worth of Insight. Uh, corporation, which is a biotechnology company, uh, after it dropped from 75 down to 67. Uh, and then they bought a little bit more, about $9 million worth a day later. Uh, now, they had bought some last week, about 6.7. No, and I'm sorry. They bought it this week, uh, $6.78 million worth. So uh, uh, I don't know, like I said, if you want to uh, participate with that. Oh, I, you know, I forgot. Uh, Grady Patrick at Ample, Amplitude. Did buy another 3.8 million two days after he bought the, uh, the the 35 million. So he's putting his money where his mouth is, I think. Uh, also, Peter Kamen, uh, you know, who had bought some uh, IAA, which is a specialty business group. Uh, you know, it's down from like fifty dollars to like uh, below 35. I think he paid 35 for it. Uh, you know, he bought four million dollars last week, uh, and he came in and bought another 3.3 million this week. So uh, he's People are putting their money where your mouth is. That's, that's why it surprised me uh, with the Baker Brothers, usually much better than they, they uh, came off. Uh, also, Qualtrics, uh, you know, we, we had, uh, uh, we'll call it SLTA Group, uh, LLC. They bought uh, $2.7 million worth. And then uh, RA Capital Management uh, bought a lot of uh, uh, tech Biosciences, uh, but about five million dollars worth. It's, it's only a thirteen dollars stock. It's down from like twenty, by the way. Uh, so, seeing some more uh, buying of that, and and then um, 
Alvin Marley, you know, got killed last week, and the president's CEO bought a uh, million dollars worth, and then he bought another four hundred fifty thousand dollars worth this week. So, a couple of things that I think are kind of interesting, and you know, it's it's amazing uh, to see, uh, you know, you get something like that uh, with Baker Brothers, and uh, and by the way, you know, the analyst who upgraded the stock was the top analyst in the field. Uh, so, you know, you wonder what what was said to them or, you know, what they saw in the background that made them, you know, up, uh, do what they did. Uh, I'm wondering, it could get interesting, but look, uh, what, what we've been doing, I think for the last several weeks is stress testing the January low. And I told you last week, I thought we'd have an undercut and then rally back up. And it, it does seem as though, uh, we, we did that. Now I, I, I thought there'd be, uh, you know, one or two of the indexes that didn't rally up. And I, Dow was the one that I was worried about on Thursday. And, I, and uh, you know, it was, it was still down 250 points. But after, I mean, it was down 950 in the futures market, but 530 on Thursday. So, uh, you know, the fact that it rallied back up, just being down 220, whatever it was, uh, it was, was big, especially, uh, you know, it was mostly the banks that did it. Okay. They beat the banks up quite a bit. But, uh, you know, so, we tested this low. It held in the NASDAQ and, and held in the S&P 500 with this undercut. So it'll be, I think it's very important that we see how the market, if it rallies, how, how it rallies going forward. And the question versus growth versus value, I think the, the, the smaller growth stocks will probably be the stuff that goes up if indeed we've hit a low for the time being. Now, I think eventually we'll shift back to the high relative strength stocks. So that'll probably be value. Now, one of the things I did see was a bunch of stocks in the advanced decline line that were high beta stocks, and that's cyclical. Okay, they held up, and they start that they're if you look at their advanced decline line, it looks a lot better than most. Okay, so uh, my problem is I, I can't find any buys. <laughs> so I've been buying dividend stocks that were down. I've been buying yield when it's up, uh, because like I said, you know, I've gone through my charts, and I, there's not many stocks that I've seen that have great, you know, charts, okay? Uh, the S&P 500 index, uh, the monthly index is still, you know, overbought, and it's it's probably going to go sideways at best for a while to go, and I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, now, the advanced decline line did, you know, have an undercut and then has made a higher low, which is very positive, uh, and it's diverging on the positive side versus the rest of the market. I think that's important. But, you know, on Thursday, the, the equity only put the call ratio was up there. It wasn't an extreme level, okay? Uh, it, it wasn't up to like 1.2 or whatever, but it was at 0.75, which is a pretty high number. Uh, so everybody was looking for the end of the world. And, uh, you know, I, I the other thing that I saw last week that, you know, I thought was positive was, you know, if you're looking for silver linings, is the divergences, the 52-week highs continued to contract but not make a lower low. Okay, and and the lows have made higher. Uh, the the 52-week lows have not made a higher high, so that's uh, all positive stuff, and that's stuff you have to pay attention to. I think. I think the biggest thing out there was, you know, what I've been talking about for several weeks now, and that's the bearish sentiment. You know, the bearish sentiment uh, has, has been strong. I mean, we were minus 30 and a half, I think, uh, which I've only seen it uh, higher than that like three or four times in my career. So uh, it, it's positive when everybody's bearish. So we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, is it the end of the world? Well, I, I do think that the NASDAQ was above its uptrend line. So, uh, you know, that's what it did back in 2000. It did it by 20% in 2000. So I don't think we have nearly as much to worry about. What would I be doing now? Okay. Well, first of all, I think you got to look over your portfolio in the next couple of weeks. I tend to do that with several clients. So I, uh, I'll, I'll look forward to talking to them in the future. But I think we, we have to see how the rally affects, if there's a rally, how it affects, you know, our our positions. And I, if you want me to help you with that, you know, please give me a call. Uh, go to WHK 1420 AM and go to the local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show. And it goes right to my web page. You know, by the way, it gives you all the podcasts. So if you want to hear what I said six months ago, be my guest. If you need a nap, <laughs> be my guest. <laughs> all right. 
but in the meantime, the dividend growth and the prime income list are a really good place to be looking for ideas at this point. I think dividends are very important, and uh, we'll leave it at that. Also, if you're on my webpage, hit the Insight uh, tab. There's a lot of good research there. I mean, a ton of good research, uh, and it changes every week. And then the bulletin board has Rob Schleimer, one of the best technical analysts on the planet, a weekly update, okay? And uh, he, he very succinctly tells you where to be and where not to be, uh, what he's seeing, et cetera. But, you know, we other have other stuff. The Business Owner's Guide to Transition Planning, the Savvy Investor's Credit Workbook, Women and Wealth, a planning workbook, which is great stuff from what these uh, ladies have been telling me, and Money Matters for the Young Professionals. I think that's good. And the Savvy Investor's Credit Workbook. How much longer will interest rates stay down? If you can lock in a, a great deal. Uh, I just had a guy talk to me about buying equipment for his business, you know, through his, through his portfolio. I think it's a great idea, you know. Uh, you know, credit access lines are, are great things to do, especially if you lock in the low interest rates and take it from there. In the meantime, have yourself a great weekend. If you'd like to have a conversation with me, don't forget to call me and uh, we'll, we'll set up a time to have coffee or something like that. All right. Um, in the meantime, I think we hit the low, but I'm not absolutely sure. But uh, it, I think Thursday was a very positive development. And so we'll keep our fingers crossed. If you have any questions, you know where I am. Follow, sell high. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.